Well, I want to kick off this morning just talking about um, a real sensitive uh, time of our day. In fact, um, this kind of activity in our house causes more crying and tears and issues than almost any other time, and that is mealtimes at our house. Uh, when we have mealtimes, my kids would love it if they could have corn dogs and macaroni and cheese, and that would be their diet all week long. Um, and they, they just do not understand why me as a dad would say, how can you force me to eat these things called vegetables? And it is just horrific. And, and they just think I'm such a mean dad to force this on them. And, you know, it's easier to train your kids to um, eat well if you plan ahead a little bit. But when I'm tired and I come home and I'm like, man, I didn't plan for the meals. Uh, I just want to confess to you guys that I have hit McDonald's and I've gotten the 20 pack chicken nugget that I'm not sure what's inside the chicken. Um, and I've handed it to my kids and I have seen supersize me, the documentary of what happens inside your body. So I have made poor choices uh, with nutrition. And if we were to go through this room and kind of say, you know, some of you guys might be Fruit Loops families. Some of you guys might be, you know, we, we get our chickens from the yard and they're free range and we crack them open and, and organic. You know, if you guys shop the organic, bless you. I'm not an organic guy. I don't know what to do with that part of the store. Um, so we all have different levels of where we're going for our nutrition decisions in our families. Um, in the same way, when we get to screens, we're going to have some different levels that we're going to be talking through. Um, but just like with how we're not necessarily need to judge each other, there's some kind of some big picture stuff when it comes to nutrition. Like my kids cannot live on corn dogs alone or they will not have what they need to be healthy. There's some big picture stuff, you know, that we need to talk through. But I, I just want to say this is really for us. So I don't want anyone walking away saying I was in Jonathan's breakout session and oh my goodness, I went to your house and I just want you to know you're going to hell. Okay, so that's not what I want to happen today. This is for us to walk through some questions that we need to wrestle with as we deal with our screens so that um, we can make some good decisions and plan ahead, not make decisions when we're exhausted and tired, uh, but make decisions when we're rested and ready to uh, shepherd our kids toward uh, a world of screens. So let's kick off with a Bible verse that uh, Eric mentioned earlier. This is Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. That's our job to repeat these things to the Lord. And then repeat them to our children so they can grow up understanding how a godly man, a godly woman interacts with technology and screens. Talk about these things when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, so one thing that I, I get kind of frustrated by is I hear a lot of people, a lot of parents um, get real simplistic when it comes to technology. They'll say things like Facebook is bad. They'll say things like, you know, the Internet is bad. They'll say things like iPhones are horrible. Video games are horrible. Um, and I just want us to all, you know, repeat after me and say that technology in and of itself is not evil. So just repeat after me. Technology is in and of itself neither good or bad. Right. Amen. So let's all remember that when we come to technology, there's different uses of technology. I love to start with guns. We're in the South, you know, half of us probably own guns in this room. Um, and I just want to say the guns in and of themselves are not bad. They're not good either. They're an inanimate object. They're a technology. And when there's a rabid dog that's about to bite my daughter, 
A gun can be a really helpful tool in my life to protect my daughter. That's a great use of that gun. When a police officer is responding to a crime that's in process, I love it that he has this technology at his disposal, hanging on his belt, ready to use it. And of course, there's some bad uses for that technology. So when we're talking about screens and all those different things, we want to think through you know, these other examples of technology so we don't hear ourselves saying stuff that's overly simplistic to our kids, like you know, video games are all bad. Because there's actually uh, one of my friends, um, he used to train pilots with American Airlines. Um, and, and he said, we actually use a kind of a video game called a simulator to train pilots so that you will stay alive when you're flying you. So they can encounter all these different situations. We got screens, we got joysticks. You know, it's a little, it's not as fun as some of the video games, but it's a kind of a video game that helps people. Um, another thing, kind of back to the whole. Um, nutrition example you know uh, there is really with different technology there's a there's a time and a place for different things um and so we're gonna we'll talk about that more in a little bit but i just want to say you know technology in and of itself is not bad so there's four i want to give the first principle that we're going to talk about today screen principle number one is to use technology screens openly First uh, John 1, 5 to 7, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, as followers of Jesus, we really do want to pursue light and transparency with our screens. And so that prompts some questions we need to ask ourselves. And the questions might be things like, you know, is there something you as an adult are doing with screens that you would not want other people in this room to know about? And that's a healthy question. And and we're not just talking about pornography. We're just talking about just in general. Are there things that as an adult we're doing that we would not want other people to know about? Because we want to walk in the light. So um, kind of following that process down with our kids, is there something our kids are doing on their screens they would not want mom and dad to know about? Um, so that's a, it's a real helpful question as we think, wow, well, if there is something, how would that come out? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, are there some things they're doing which we need to know about so we can help them through those decisions they're making? You know, and what are some great tools? So there's four tools that I want to suggest to you that are indispensable when trying to walk in the light with our screens, with all different technologies we talked about, Xbox, Nintendo, laptops, computers, all of that. There's four indispensable tools. So I want to watch this quick video first, and then after this video, we'll talk about what two of the main um, tools are to help with this. Did you know that 90% of boys and 70% of girls are exposed to pornography online? Meanwhile, 71% of kids say that they're hiding internet activity from their parents. In 56% of divorce cases today, a major contributing factor is one spouse's continued use of inappropriate content online. What are you doing to protect your family online? Covenant Eyes Internet Accountability monitors how the internet is used on your family's mobile devices and their computers. Each web page visited is rated similar to TV shows or video games, like T for teen or M for mature. This information is collected in easy to read reports, and as a parent, you can receive weekly reports for your kids. Plus, you can invite your friends to receive reports for your internet activity, 
which enables you to enjoy the benefits of accountability and protection online as well. These reports provide you with a comprehensive view of how the internet is used in your home. They include information like the videos that are watched and words typed into search engines. Are you looking for additional protection? Covenant Eyes also provides internet filtering, which blocks inappropriate content and limits the amount of time spent online. Install Covenant Eyes on all your devices, your computers, phones, and tablets. There's no extra charge, and we provide free customer support. It's that simple. Sign up today. It's your turn to protect yourself and your family online. So that's just one tool that I've used a lot, Covenant Eyes. Um, but you notice one of the things it said is filtering. So what is a filter? Uh, you can think of a filter as the door. Um, you guys just came in. Like I kind of let some of you guys in. My wife lets some of you guys in because it's locked. So it's a locked door allowing people to come in, right? Um, but if you were up there and banging on the door, uh, there, there's really no one that knows that, right? So a filter is this real dumb fence that you're just going along and you're just kind of knocking on it and until you find an open door. So a couple of you got to a door before I could get there and you kind of didn't open and you went to the next door. Um, that's what a filter does. So a filter is useful um, because it kind of lets, uh, it kind of says, okay, at least I'm, I care enough to put a fence up here. Um, I think if any of you guys have Wi-Fi at your home that doesn't have a filter attached to it, uh, I'm going to suggest, man, I really would love to see that happen. And so at the end of this, I'm going to talk about some implementation of how, like, if you have teenagers coming into your home, if you have elementary kids, we have kids coming to our house now at, you know, 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old that have devices already. So, in fact, one of my friends came over, and he noticed that I had a filter on my Wi-Fi, and it prompted him. It was like, oh, why am I being filtered? Well, it's like because we don't know what devices are coming in, so we just know with our Wi-Fi we want to filter it from your stuff you're bringing into my home. Um, so we're going to talk about some different ways to do that. Um, but one of the main filters a lot of people don't think about, who here has a DVR? Oh, man, great devices. If you don't have one, love them to death. Love DVRs. DVRs let you skip commercials. That's kind of why I love them. So I can watch like a Cowboys game in an hour instead of three hours. It's a beautiful thing. You skip from one tackle to the next hike, and then my wife, who hates football, doesn't have to experience me being out of the loop for that long a period of time. So uh, love DVRs. And uh, who here has cable? Like you pay some sort of monthly fee for TV. You guys, all you guys in the front, oh, you do? Excellent. Um, I pay a monthly fee for TV because with my DVR, all those boxes. So when you buy that, it comes with a box and there is uh, something called parental controls in there. And so um, you go, you should on all those devices, you should go and into the box, go into the parental controls. There's no reason to not set that where you have to hit a password to see stuff that's rated R to see stuff that's objectionable um, because there's just no reason not to, Right. Um, and so as people are coming into your home, as you're watching stuff, you know, I highly recommend if you have bought a box, set the parental controls on it. Who here is a Hulu, Netflix, love the Netflix. There you go in the back. we got some cable cutters here. Awesome. Um, do you guys know you can go into Netflix and set parental controls on users? You can go into Hulu and set parental controls. Um, I heard some video games earlier. Do you guys know on Nintendo Wii's, PlayStation 4's, all those have parental control sections. Those are filters, right? So you should, if you own a device like that, you should go into it and set the parental controls. Now, why is it that filtering is not enough? It can be bypassed. One reason it can be bypassed 
Second, there, there's, a, there's an even more key reason for me, um, and that is because I want to know if someone's rat, rattling the door. I want to know if someone's trying to get in, if they're looking for holes in the fence. Because if I know there's, there's holes in the fence and someone's looking for that, I know there's a conversation that needs to happen for us to, to you know, go where we need to go, right? So the only way to – so like at your house – you have the front door, you have the deadbolt. That's like you're, you don't know if someone's trying to break in until you come home and the door's busted through. If you have an alarm system, if somebody opens the door, you get an alert saying somebody is trying to get in to this place that I protected. So monitoring is your second tool. So your first tool is filtering. Your second tool is going to be monitoring. Um, and another thing I just want to mention here, um, the parents' television counts, I'll put a little star by there. Um, there is the filtering is all based on ratings, especially television filtering. So, do you guys all feel like all rated R movies are the same? No, very much of a difference. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, Parents Television Council did a quick study, and they noticed that there's not a single G-rated primetime television show anymore. But what's interesting also is there's also no TVMA, and they gave a lot of examples of mature audience content. That I'm not going to do here of things that they said, oh, my goodness, this obviously is not appropriate for 14-year-olds, um, but it's rated TV 14. And the reason is is because most advertisers won't advertise on something higher than TV 14. So the people who are applying the ratings are not being really honest in how they're applying them. So that means that we, I know Greg is shocked by this, absolutely shocked by it. So we should people not. People are dishonest in this world. So whenever you're applying a filter, just remember, when you're applying a filter, it's, it's, you're trusting someone else's decisions on what that filter is. And when you apply a per, you know, parental controls filter on television, things like that, you're just trusting that, well, I kind of I feel like this is what should happen. Um, and so I hope they filtered out, but they might not. So, I was going to say, yeah. um, another reason for monitoring and not just filtering is um, monitoring allows you to train the heart of your child. And if the heart of your child is to try to get to things that are not appropriate for them, then that's a heart issue. And so, like Eric was saying, our goal is to parent the heart and not just the behavior. Right. So the filter um, helps to control the behavior, but um, the monitoring allows you to parent the heart. Amen. So do you guys know if you had like a, like a smartphone, how you might filter a smartphone? No one knows. So I will tell you the secret. That, I would Go say ahead. the smartphone is the um, thing that a lot of people forget. Absolutely. A lot of people think, oh, I have this protection on my computer at home. Mm -hmm. And they forget that kids nowadays have iPods that can lock on to Wi-Fi and get on the Internet just like a computer can. So, so on my smartphone, I, I have uh, bought Covenant Eyes. This is their invitation. There's many different ways to do it. But the, the key idea is you need to remove the browser that came with your smartphone and replace it with a monitored browser. And then you need to set up the parental controls so no one can change that. So that's the simple walkthrough. Is you, so if you're on an iPhone, it comes with Safari. You want to remove Safari and replace it with something else, like the Covenant Eyes browser. And what Covenant Eyes do, you just kind of saw the video, is whenever I go to a website, it's recorded where I go whether I'm going through AT&T cell phone tower, whether I'm going through a Wi-Fi, it, it is recorded there. And unless I have the code to 
remove that restriction, I can't do anything about that. And that's a wonderful thing. So, yeah. It, it won't allow you to delete Safari unless you go under restrictions. Mm-hmm. And so in iPhones and Apple devices, that's really the only thing I know. But they have um, under general, under in settings under general, they have a restrictions thing, and you can set a password, and you can disable Safari in there. You just turn it to where you can also turn it where they're not allowed to install any apps on it. You can turn it to where they're not allowed to delete any apps off of it, things like that. And you can set ratings on things in that as well under restrictions. I don't know. So Androids have the similar concept. That you, you want to go and you, and there's all, and on Covenant Eyes website, they have videos and walk out parents how to do this. But you go in, it's the same concept. You want to remove the app that came in and you want to replace it with something that's monitored. So basically, you're letting someone look over your shoulder whenever you use the internet. So that's kind of the, the concept with those. Um, so kind of back to, to monitoring. But if you, oh, sorry. If you don't turn it to where they're not allowed to install apps, there are other browser apps that they can install and so um you have to turn it to where they're not allowed to install because a lot of times they're smarter than us (laughs) right you know and the same kind of concept with your tv if you use 1111 as your password that doesn't work the third thing is location is really just no brainer um you know keep screens as public as possible you know no closed doors um no bedroom screens that face you know away from the doorway um all that kind of stuff keep it in public areas where people are walking in and out um i'm just not a fan of kids having televisions in their room i'm not a fan of having you know computers in their room Uh, all that kind of stuff just kind of makes sense but we get tired we get like i don't want them having this out here i don't want to watch another episode of dora where i have to experience it and so we just get tired of that stuff and so we because we're tired we make different choices so i just want to say um if there's a way to use locations make it you know as public as possible um the fourth tool in your toolbox for you know raising the level of transparency with how we're using screens is a great password manager now how many of you guys have a good system for keeping track of your passwords all right thomas my ge man that's what i'm saying okay this is your number one most important thing to do today is you need a place for your passwords that you can get to easily that you will use that is not a post-it note on the monitor If your kids have your Netflix password, if they have your iTunes password, if they have your Apple password, if they have your uh, internet um, company's password, all that password stuff, if they have that, they can bypass all the other controls we're talking about today. So all the stuff, like if if they have your email password, for example, they can go and reset your password on any account you own because they'll shoot you an email saying, I forgot my password, and they can reset it. So if they have your email password, they can get into your Netflix. They can turn off the parental restrictions. All sorts of fun things can happen uh, if they have your passwords. We also don't allow um, our kids to have passwords we don't have. So um, we do not allow them to have um, a password on their device that we do not have access to. So... Um, so if you have an email account, daddy and mama know the password. If you have a Facebook account, mom and dad know the password. If you have a YouTube account, we know the password. So they are required to use passwords that we know um, if they have any of these accounts. If they have a leapfrog for three-year-old account, 
we get to know the password. So all, and we just get lazy. We're like, Oh, you want to do that? Go ahead. You know, here's the password. And, and we just can't do that, um, in this system. So, um, I really highly recommend. And if you, you know, we talked a little bit about the divorce rate, you know, we're going to have a, uh, uh, breakfast for men here in a few weeks that Gary's going to be leading, um, talking about the issue of screens and pornography with men. And I just really encourage you, you know, if there's some transparency you can have with your spouse in this, where you can say, man, I don't want the DVR password, or I don't want the iTunes password or something, you know, that is a great thing too, just to kind of build trust. If one spouse is maybe a little stronger than the other in this area. Um, so I'm going to throw out, I use PW safe. It's a little app on my phone. Um, a little thumbprint. I don't have to remember the password. I use my thumbprint. It pops up in all my passwords. I remember my city password, my banking password, all of it is right there. So you need some sort of system like that because as you go in and do all this parental control stuff from our checklist at the end of this, you're going to need all these passwords and you need them to be ones where you know them and not everyone else knows them. So does that make sense? Everyone's going to go home today having a system for passwords. All right. Not a bunch of post-it notes sitting on mom's mirror. Yeah. I do PW safe. It's just an app I buy. Um, it goes to my Mac, which means if I'm doing something on the Mac and I change my library card account, I click a button, say, this is my new library card username and it saves it. And now it shows up on my phone. So it's a cloud based thing that just goes to all my devices. And I use my thumbprint to unlock it. It's beautiful. Um, that, that's the one that I use all sorts of great, great options there. So, uh, we went through filtering, went through monitoring and we'll talk more about implementation at the end. We talked location and then we talked, um, passwords. And so, uh, I'm going to hand over to my wife. She's going to handle the next three principles and I'll pick it up at the end. Okay. I'm going to talk about, um, using screens in moderation. So, um, the verse that, um, we decided to use was, um, Ecclesiastes 3.1. So there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So um, I think sometimes when things are overdone, like desserts, for example, then our tendency is to say it's just all bad. And like we talked about, technology is not in and of itself bad. Um, There is a time for eating desserts and there is a time for eating vegetables. And maybe we should spend a little bit more time eating vegetables and a little less time eating desserts. But um, but there is a time for enjoying um, fun, good things. Um, and um, there's a time for playing on screens, and there's a time for using screens for work, and there's a time for um, being away from screens and building our friendships and being present with people. Um, and so uh, one of the ways we limit the screens in our home is we have our kids earn screen time. So if they do a certain amount of work, they get a certain amount of screen time. And um, there are, of course, times where we're tired and we want them to have screen time. And we try to have that screen time that we offer to them for free be uh, educational, um, where they are learning something um, or something that they're learning either spiritual concepts or educational ones. And um, But uh, so does anyone know in 2015 what the average amount of hours consumed by a 2 to 11-year-old in a week? 24 hours, 16 minutes. And my guess is that probably continues to go up every year. So that was 2015. Um, 35 to 49-year-olds was 33 hours, 40 minutes in a week. 
Um, so you kind of have to get with your family and make a decision about how much screen time is a good amount for your family. Um, so that all that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like like nutrition. You know, I think I think when we get tired, we make different decisions. So being proactive and saying, okay, how much sugar is a good amount for us? You know, four desserts a day. You know, six desserts a day. How much is good for us? I think this is kind of that same idea of. You know, how, how much do we think? And we're not projecting this on every other person in the church. We're just saying this is for us. We're not judging people. But before God, you know, what's a good amount for us when it comes to this? Like with sugar, we try to have our kids have vegetables first and have sugar after that. And um, just like with screen time, we try to have them have work first and screen time after that. Um, uh, the next principle is being considerate when using screens. So um, the verse Matthew seven twelve and everything, therefore, treat other people the way you would like for them to treat you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our family, we try to limit the sounds that come from our devices. We have kids who want to play games or things with sound. Um, and um, if our oldest is playing an educational game in the room while I'm trying to teach our younger one, um, we either have headphones or um, we have them go into a different room. Um, so you have to decide if you have things locked down enough to allow them into another room or um, if they're trustworthy um, or not. Um, another instance where we use headphones is my husband really likes talk radio, and I really don't. Who's with me? Thank you, Chris. And you noticed that the majority didn't raise their hands. And so, but if my husband gets to listen to talk radio, then he does the dishes. There you go. So I'm really a fan of that. And so we decided that having him use headphones to listen to talk radio, and we have clean dishes, so that's really nice for me. Um, So um, the other way to be considerate is when someone is talking to you, put the device down. Um, this is something that we have to train our kids to do um, by doing it ourselves. Um, when we're responding to a text and they're talking to us and we're just kind of half listening to them, um, they pick up on all of that. And um, so we're trying to um, start teaching by our ex- by example and um, putting our devices down when people are talking to them and being present with people. Um, and the other thing is no electronics while moving around. This is another thing where we could teach by example when we're texting and walking through the store and how many ministry opportunities are we missing um, in the people we come into contact with every day because we're so concerned about the text that we're getting on our phone or the game that we're playing or whatever. Um, and so this can be uh, more serious for kids who really don't even watch where they're going when they have devices in their hand. So that's kind of our rule that they don't walk around with, um, with screens. Um, and screen principle number four is faithful and little and faithful and much. Um, if you have a child who obeys the rules for screens in your home, then sometimes you give them more privileges with screens. Um, we have one child who wants to look up um, what the names of animals are or... Um, how tall corn should grow. Um, and then we have another one who just wants to goof off and look at funny videos and tries to sneak it into the other room so that 
She doesn't have to earn it. And um, so we, of course, give more screen time to the one who is more faithful with um, obeying the rules and less to the one who isn't. Um, no, that's good. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I just want to say this last, this last principle, remove problems. Um, you know, if there is an issue going on, and I'll just pick a, a, non, a non-sexual one for a minute. So a few years ago, there was a game uh, that I installed on my phone. It was kind of one of these massive multiplayer games. I don't know if you guys ever played these things. They're like a bunch of people. And I was playing my father-in-law, and, and I had my army and my cities, and I was raising my armies. We were attacking other people's armies. And uh, really a fun game. And there was all the strategy in it, like... If someone's attacking you, if you didn't like defend and hit the right buttons at the right time, you would be wiped out. It would take days to rebuild your army. Um, The problem with the game for us happened is I would be in the middle of an attack and my wife would want to talk to me. And I'd be like, honey, this is a really bad time. I have three fictitious people attacking me on all sides. I don't know who they are, but they're attacking me, and I have to defend myself. And then if I was distracted too much, then I would lose my whole army, and then I would throw my phone down with disgust and say, what do you want? And after a little bit of this, I was like, really, this is getting to be too much here. You know, this is a problem. And I heard her, and I thought, yeah, this is an issue for me. I need to not be responding to her in this way. Um, and, and so for me, I just realized that certain games are not healthy for me because I'm not able to respond as a husband and as a dad, like I need to be. And so I deleted that one. That one got out of my, and then another one came out recently, world of Warcraft. I thought, man, that looks so good. And I thought I should never touch that game because if that game is half as good as it looks, I will lose so much time in that game that, uh, it will be not good for my family's life. So just kind of, if there's things that, you know, you're prone to, like you're prone to, you're seeing, you know, frustration stuff come out. You know, sometimes when I'm listening to too much talk radio, I start getting a little just frustrated with stuff and I'll start, I need to switch to some worship music for a little bit. So just in the, in the realm of all screens here, you know, we, we said all technology is not good or bad. You know, there's some, there's some ambiguous stuff that just for me is not good, you know? And so as you're thinking, if there's problems, let's remove those problems from our devices. You know, Matthew 18, nine says, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes be cast in the fiery hell. Gary has preached on this and he said, you know, I don't know if Jesus is being literal or not. Um, be, be, but I think we should take him very seriously here. And if there's something that needs to be removed, like we need to have a house that the internet is removed or we need to have a house where all games are removed or gaming systems or things like that. Uh, we're not projecting that on every family, but there's some families where it's become a problem and that needs to happen, uh, because we need to walk in, in the light in that way. Um, you know, Job, 31.1 is a great verse, you know, for men. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Uh, Matthew 5.8 says, for those who walk in purity, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And uh, I just really think those are important, important things for us to, to walk in because the numbers are just so high inside the church and outside the church for what we're spending our times with screens doing. Um, so uh, question for you, what are the problem areas in your family um, and are some that need to be removed? 
we won't have that as a group discussion here, but I just want to be thinking, what are, as we've been talking about this, is it maybe a little too much video games, a little too much unmonitored Netflix, is a little too much Netflix on iPhones? What are the problem areas that comes to screens that we need to be thinking about, and how can we raise the level of transparency with those? So um, I've kind of mentioned um, a couple of tools. So let's walk through this parenting checklist together, and I'm going to mention how we do it in our family. Um, and, and if you don't know these answers, then this, this might be helpful for you. So parenting checklist, do you have a password manager? We use PWSafe. Highly recommend you walk out of this with a great password manager that only you get access to. Plus, it'll make your life easier. You know, when you're coming up here for meetings and stuff, you're not having to ask me to reset password for the city. Um, okay, so what are my kids doing online? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So the way PWSafe does it is um, they create a file that's encrypted that lives on my Dropbox account, and that's so they don't actually keep anything of mine. They just have a front end using AES encryption, which no one else needs to know. But um, I like that one because I know it's safe. Um, for the rest of them, who knows? You can use, like, uh, notes on your phone. Um, I mean, you can use a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, did you guys have a club growing up, that little red bar you put on your, your car? Yeah, I had one. Um, did you ever notice that after a while you stopped putting it on and it's lived in your trunk and get put on there? Okay. So that's the way it is with security. If you pick something that you won't use, it doesn't help you. So if you pick an app you don't understand and that it doesn't, I mean, I just, I just can't remember the password of this thing, I give up. If you bail on the process, it doesn't help you. Okay. So all passwords are annoying. So you just got to pick one and learn it. That's my recommendation. You say something or no? And then sometimes you have a spouse who doesn't like really complicated passwords, even though she should. Yeah, you just you just you do you so get there. The you fingerprint know. works better for her. That's right. So I have hidden a password in our bedroom that if my if I ever get hit by a truck, my wife can get it and get access to all our passwords that she doesn't keep up with. For all the insurance and stuff. That's right. So however you do it works for me, but this is the one that I use. Um. So what are my kids doing online? Do you guys, could you guys tell me what the top five websites are that your kids visit? YouTube? It's all fine. Yeah, everything on YouTube is, is gold according to Craig. There you go. Wikipedia is a big one for us. If you don't know, you should. And there's some real simple ways to know. Um, and that's kind of where monitoring comes in. And so uh, one of the best ways to monitor uh, what sites are being visited is Covenant Eyes. Uh, I got this new thing recently called Disney Circle. It's this white box up here. Very cool. Um, so what this does is this lives in your home Wi-Fi. costs about 100 bucks. And um, what it does is every device that walks into your home connects to the Internet through this device. So there's no way to really bypass it without it alerting you. It sends out an alert saying the Disney circle is, is offline. Um, and even if you take out the battery to it, it has a battery inside, so it lives for a long time. So it has to be unplugged for like multiple hours before, and you've been alerted it's offline. So there's all these things they put in to let you know. Uh, but what this nice about this is I don't have to have access to your device to filter it with this. So if Thomas comes over to my house for dinner, this happened this week, uh, to a friend, he came over to my house for dinner, and he has his smartphone on him, and Thomas pulls it out to try to do a web search, uh, he will probably get filtered. So on his phone, it'll pop up and say, you've been filtered by Circle, if he connects to my Wi-Fi. 
And that is helpful for me because that means if children are bringing devices into my house, they're now obeying my rules for what is coming in. So if there's a new device that, you know, some family member gave one of my kids and I didn't know, like the Nintendo 3DS has a network browser in it that I didn't know about. Uh, well, if it's using Wi-Fi, it means I'm not paying a monthly bill to the cell phone company. Then the circle will tell me what's going on with that device. And it allows me to set up all different people in the home and attach devices to people. And it's protected by a password. And as long as only you know the password, then that's a pretty pretty good system. And uh, I've got some screenshots here at the end of kind of what it looks like and how that's going to give you insight. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to those screenshots real fast because I think... I, I was going to say, it also, it allows you to set up different people with different devices. So you can have your profile and then you can have the kids profile and then you have a home profile so anybody that comes into your home has is automatically put in the home profile unless you assign it to a person Um, and so like you can have your home profile set as kid and then you can set your other one differently teen or whatever Um, so my friend was thought it was very funny that i was filtering his internet Um, but i said man this is just the world we live in now um, it, it's too hard to keep up with all the different devices coming in. And so this is a nice way to protect your home internet. Um, yeah. Really yeah the it. other thing is that if it is a cell phone, um, they can log on to the cell phone towers and not use your Wi-Fi, And then they can still access things that their phone allows them to access. Um, but if it's like an iPod touch or things like that, that mm-hmm. have to use Wi-Fi, then it will be, Filtered. Yeah. All your Wii's, your PlayStation's, Nintendo's. And monitored. It's filtered and monitored. Yeah. So we talked about filtering and monitoring. This is the filter we just saw a second ago. You've been filtered. Uh, I tried to go to CNN. I cranked my kid stuff down. I went to go CNN and it filtered me. Um, And then it'll also give you insights. Like what is Jonathan doing on the internet? You know, so if you're interested in what your spouse is doing, what your kids are doing, full transparency, right? Um, You can go in there and you can use in the circle. You can look at what websites they're visiting. And if you want to see what things, it lists all the websites, it lists what's filtered. So if you know there are certain websites that they're trying to go to, even though it's throwing up a filter, it's going to alert you to that. So um, it's, none of this is foolproof, but it's helpful. And I think I just found this to and be And I have helpful. noticed that Kevin and I will um, keep certain pop-ups from happening. Mm-hmm. Like if um, John is on uh, CNN, for example, and they have... Um, ads for different things, it will keep certain ones, it'll filter them out. Like it'll keep certain ads from appearing. Um, Cause I'll be like, what is that? It was an ad, it was a pop-up ad. <laughs> right. And it, it will say it blocked it. And so that's nice. There you go. So there's other systems out there. These are the two that we've landed on that we like. So circle protects my home Wi-Fi, and then covenant eyes protects all my devices that connect to the internet towers. I mean the cell phone towers. And then they overlap. So when I'm at home on Wi-Fi, I'm going through Coven Eyes, through the circle, and so I'm doubly monitored in some ways. Um, so as I want to go through this checklist and see if you guys have any questions about some of these. You know, what websites do my kids visit? Well, with Circle, I know. Or if you have them locked down with Covenant Eyes, you know. But Covenant Eyes doesn't work everywhere. Like it doesn't work on a Windows phone. Um, and, you know, so certain things like you can't install Covenant Eyes on a Nintendo so that's kind of where you have to have more than one tool in your tool belt to be able to really have some transparency here. Um, so uh, how many of you guys knew about, as I go through the checklist, the cable TV, parental controls, and all that kind of stuff? Sweet. 
So all you guys are connected with all that. Um, smartphones and mobile devices. I, I think for young kids, especially, you know, turning off the app store when it comes to the 3ds, when it comes to, uh, iTunes, all that stuff. I mean, I, I highly recommend, you know, that, that one ought to be off, you know, and then if they want to install apps, they have to come to a parent to install apps. Um, I, I think that is just no brainer. You know, other little things like, have you turned off explicit content for music and podcasts? You guys know what podcasts are? Who wants to tell me what a podcast is? Craig. On-demand talk radio. You know, guys, we have six podcasts here at Grace Community Church. We have our sermons. We have our worship. We have Glimpsing the Glory of God, a podcast with me and Jerry Bates. We have Grace University. This thing right here will be a podcast we'll turn into. Uh, and we've got other podcasts out there on our website. So podcasts are fantastic. They're so much fun to listen to. I am always into TED Talks as podcasts. Um, but there are some podcasts that are not helpful that teenagers should not be listening to that I shouldn't be listening to. And iTunes does a pretty good job of flagging those as explicit content. So those are the kinds of things that you'll, you'll want to keep your eyes out for as you go through the parental controls. Another thing in restrictions. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, if your phone connects to cell towers, do you have a monitoring system installed, such as Covenant Eyes? Uh, online streaming, we talked about some of those. You know, just, uh, you know, whether it's Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. A lot of people get Amazon Prime and forget the video part of that. You guys know that there's video with Amazon Prime? They're kind of selling it. Um, there's a lot of objectionable comment, uh, content out on Amazon Prime. And with a lot of these online systems, they're, you know, really, they are made for, you know, parental controls. There's also histories and things like that. You should definitely, you should have the password, not the kids. And if they want to watch something, you have to type that in, which is more work on us, but it's worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, you know, and then I gave out earlier uh, this whole contract from mom, you know, when you're, when you're giving your kids um, uh, an iPhone or an iPod or something, I just thought it was a really humorous way of, um, you know, just letting them know this is how to use this device. So we should not be letting our kids use devices without any kind of training. Yeah, I don't give my kids a gun without kind of some training of this is how it works. This is you never pointed at somebody. You, this is how you check if it's loaded. Um, th these are simple things we think of with guns and cars, but we don't do it as much with technology because, well, kids already know technology, so we don't have to do it. And we really do need to train them and say, this is what a camera on a phone is for. It's for taking pictures of these things, not these things. This is what a phone texting is for. This is how you talk on a text. This is how you use it for really healthy ways and how we, you know, shepherd them so they can someday be young adults who know how to manage technology in a really God-honoring way. So do you guys have any questions um, about how we handle things, how maybe some different ways to handle things in home, how to have hard conversations of restricting, you know, maybe some things you've allowed people to do that now you're not so sure about? Open DNS is a, is a free one. I think that's what Torch uses. Torch is a new Kickstarter router that is a home uh, internet filter. So what Open DNS says is um, we will not allow these websites to come into your Wi-Fi. So your wireless home internet, we're going to say whatever their list is, uh, we're not going to allow these certain websites to come in. So back to that filtering, um, it helps with filtering. It doesn't help with monitoring, but it's, a, but it's a great filter. So if you don't have that, anything, that's a great place to start. And a lot of the new routers, you'll go to Fry's Electronics, you'll buy routers. Some of them will have open DNS as a feature on those routers. Did you talk about um, also on the circle, you can um, have a time um, that all devices are not allowed to then be on oh, yeah. online at all? So you can 
um, set like, you know, 8 p.m. or whatever time. A bedtime for your devices. Yeah. And then they won't be able to access the internet at all at that point. Or you can do things like you can hit a pause button. It turns off all the internet, the whole house. So if you want to do that, that's real easy. Like, oh, dinner time. From, totally from your device. Yeah. You can do that. And then they can't. Um, no more texting. No more streaming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dinner time. The other thing that's nice about the circle is if you're trying to get away from like a monthly fee, because um, mm-hmm. Covenant Eyes is a monthly fee. Um, the circle is a one-time fee, right? One-time fee. And so you can still get some of that monitoring and not have to pay a monthly fee. So this is what's cool about the circle. Yeah, it's just kind of you attach it to it's any network. T- um, and, and the magic is it's it's kind of sits as an in-between from from and I don't fully like um it's what it's, it's using the term spoofing I don't want to go into all the technical stuff but it's spoofing pretending to be your AT&T router it's just this middle person and even if you plug directly into the router using a hard cable it's still spoofing it um and so it's a pretty robust um nice solution for that And if you're feeling like me and this is just really complicated, a lot of it isn't. Um, a lot of it's just really, you know, get Craig, get me, you know, get, get one of the nerds around the church. We'd love to help you. Um, it's just simply like plugging in a cable. You know, if some of you guys have some situations, you're really, man, it, we, we just got some trust issues. You know, you might have to buy like a locked cabinet to keep your routers in and stuff like that. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't know what all different family situations are. Um, but, but there are ours ways. Aren't tech savvy enough yet. <laughs> yeah. Ours aren't tech savvy enough, but I could totally see like putting my routers in a locked cabinet. You know, I think that makes total sense. And there's wires traveling out of it, um, just to secure it. Right. So I know when I'm gone, like a babysitter that I've hired is not doing things on my internet that I don't know about. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that you really do want to, um, there's own the technology in your home and it doesn't take a lot of effort to ask how people say, this is my three things. I, I gave you guys a parenting checklist. I don't understand this one. Um, so my phone, I'll give you my phone and email for, for questions here. Um, I really am available and want to help. And, and Craig's around, he comes on Sundays. We'd, we'd love to help you guys, uh, make this better, more transparent. And I'd love to see, you know, kids know how to handle these things. Um, and then when they're getting filtered, they, you have a conversation. This is why we filter. You know, we filter mommy and daddy too. And this is how we're being transparent with each other so that they grow up in a, in a world of kind of, you know, openness when it comes to technology. Any other questions before we close it down? Yep. So what Craig's saying is, you know, as kids get older, we should be releasing more. Like, like my child should not be coming to me at 12 years old and asking me, what should I eat out of the fridge? By that point, they should kind of know I have a vegetable, I have a fruit, I have a protein. I should have been taught how to make wise choices with food, right? So as my kids get older, they have to have the freedom to make some poor choices in my home or else if they don't have that freedom, if I, if I have this real locked down um, you know, system where they can never step outside and do anything that I don't like, then they never really do get to experience the results of their actions. And so as they get older, uh, we do have to release them into some of that, especially as they get 16, 17, 18. You know, I mean, uh, you have to have a lot of conversation. What TV shows are helpful for you? That's a word we use a lot in our family is this show is not helpful for me. Uh, We're not saying that everyone's evil who watches it. I'm just saying this one for me, not helpful. There's certain shows that aren't helpful for my wife. Um, But 
the older they get to, you know, I think if you've got younger siblings, what I've seen in some families is they'll say to the, the child, maybe that's a senior, you know, we wish he didn't make that choice. You know, we wish that he would make a choice to be more uh, in line with what we believe. Um, but he's almost an adult now. He's 17. So he's going to go play video games more than we would like him to. Um, and we're just sad about that. And we're and, and so they just realize that at some age, because what you don't want to have happen is they go to college and they've never experienced any freedom and they just explode. You know, that's what some I grew up as a homeschooler. That's what some of my peers did. Um, one of the families I grew up with, they uh, had a family that was very conservative. They said no TV at their house. And so it's interesting. They came over to my house um, to visit us and we had played times together. And I want to go outside and play backyard soccer. The only thing they wanted to do was come inside to watch TV because they didn't get to do that at their house. They got to play soccer at their house. I wanted to go outside and play, you know, backyard soccer, and they're wanting to watch movies all the time. And it was an interesting experiment in my brain as I realized, you know, the goal needs to be helping my children learn moderation, not trying to cut off things unless it's harmful for them. You know, I don't want moderation in drugs. I want no drugs in my kids, you know. So that's kind of where those thresholds are. But if it's ambiguous, you know, I really want to allow them to experience, you know, some of the things that are not harmful. They're just not helpful. I want them to experience that, learn how to moderate and have self-discipline, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So I'll pray that that goes well because that's hard. As the kids get older, you have less and less influence. Yeah. I think less of this is an age thing and more of a uh, faithful and little, faithful and much thing as we, as we walk through it. God, we just ask right now that you would give us wisdom. You said if we ask for wisdom, you'll give it to us. We don't want to be um, dumb when it comes to the technology that we've already allowed in our homes. And we've already, some of these things we're spending money on every month. And, and we just want to be wise with it. Just like we're wise with our cars and we change the oil in our cars and we maintenance those cars. We want to be wise with the maintenance of the uh, care we take with the technology. Um, and so I just ask as we go through this checklist that you would give us um, just real eyes. If there's anything that we need to pay t- special attention to, would you have a little um, prompting in our spirit to, to handle that? And I just ask anything that's, that's hidden would come out into the light. And I just uh, really pray that we would do well with our kids in protecting them and shepherding them to grow into godly young men and women who uh, handle well the world of screens. In Jesus' name, amen.